Hey, if you got your Bibles, uh, turn to 1 Peter. We're going to be in the New Testament uh, word of exhortation for this, this coming year, 2024. Wow, who would have thunk, huh? Here we are. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a wild, wild world we live in. And uh, <laughs> is that an understatement? But Jesus is coming, okay? Jesus is coming. And uh, it, it gets more and more evident every single day. And you remember uh, but what he said clear back in Matthew 24 and Luke 21. You should go back and read that because he lays it out really quite well, right? Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, right? There's going to be natural disasters and storms and just crazy stuff going on. And what do we see? We see that uh, like on steroids right now. It's just, it's crazy. And, and, and the world is in chaos. Why has Jesus not come back yet? Because he's willing that none should perish, but that all would come to repentance. Man, if that's you, please come to repentance today. Turn from your sin, turn to Christ, and get us out of here, would you? It's... At every turn, I, I'm just, I'm fascinated at what we see uh, everywhere, everything from Mike Rowe talking about the work ethic is, has disappeared in, in, in our culture to uh, the Hamas leader that said these words, Amir Sarfati posted it, this, this, this Abdu Abeda says this, we love death as you love life, speaking to Israel. We love death as you love life. Really? Uh, Amir responded, <laughs> well, you said it. You die, we live, everybody wins. But the Bible talks about those who love death. And, and when you read it in Proverbs chapter 8, it's, it's, it's wisdom personified. That, uh, Colossians tells us that all wisdom and, and knowledge is found in one person. And his name is Jesus. And so as you read, as you read through Proverbs 8, it's wisdom, it's wisdom, it's wisdom, it's wisdom. And that you and I should hunger for it, should chase after wisdom. And especially in these days in which we live. You and I need to be wise. Now, wisdom is being able to use the knowledge that you have. Some of our knowledge is, is pretty nil. And yet there is a, what Al Gore called it? The superhighway, the internet superhighway. There's all kinds of knowledge out there, but you have to have something to gauge what is truth and what is lie. What is our gauge? Should be sitting in your lap, Right? You should be reading it. You should be getting one of these hanging on deals. This is two year. I think folks, we're to the place we need to go one year. Amen. Get read through that word every year uh, because that's where truth is. That's where wisdom is. That's where you're gonna find righteousness. It says this in Proverbs chapter eight, verses 32 through 36. This is a person of wisdom. It says, now therefore, listen to me. My children, this is wisdom speaking, for blessed are those who keep my ways, hear instruction and be wise and do not disdain it. 
Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who sins against me wrongs his own soul. All those who hate me love death. And that is just played out for us there in the Middle East right now. It's, it's unbelievable how it... it um, it fits exactly what God's word says. Uh, God's word is confirmed over and over again by mankind, even those who don't believe in him. Unfortunately, I believe that we're gonna see more and more of this in 2024. Uh, It's gonna be be full of stuff like this. And are we ready? Because it's not gonna be easy, right? This this walking with Jesus thing takes some, some salt, or as my grandpa would say, a little bit of sand in your craw, right? I hope you got some sand in your craw. It's like I told Palmer here a while back after we started walk, uh, out west, I said, dude, listen, from here on, it's an uphill pull all the way to, till the time we hear the trumpet sound. And it just is. But it's exciting, right? We can get down in the mouth and, and woe is me and all these things. But just know, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Therefore, be as wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Really? Sheep? He's calling us sheep? I mean, that's a big insult to a cowboy to be called a sheep. But as Don Isham used to tell me, listen, it is an insult to sheep to call us sheep. But it's so true. Sheep among wolves. When I read this, I thought of that. It's about about four years ago up here in the hills that uh, that little pack of wolves got around those sheep. And the sheep, they only killed about 25. But the sheep killed themselves because from one running from the wolves, they all, all piled up. They were like five or six high. They'd suffocated each other. Not very smart. So that's why the... the, the where he admonishes there be as wise as serpents and harmless, harmless as doves. And, and uh, praise God, we live in America. On Christmas Day in Nigeria, uh, they massacred 100 Christians. Just killed them. Women, kids. Being uh, a follower of Christ is not really popular. Uh, nowadays. Uh, Jesus said, no, this, the the world hated me before it hated you. Uh, Don't feel all bummed out, right? If you're not the most popular guy or gal, whether it's where you work or in your family or whatever it is, if you're going to name the name of Christ. And so I'm going to look at a a couple of passages, one from James and one from 1 Peter this morning. And uh, really kind of just end up with 10 thoughts at the end. And um, James chapter 5, verse 7 through 12, it says this. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be, a, be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, 
lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end and intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brethren, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, lest you fall into judgment. And so this is a exhortation from James to the believers uh, in Israel, most believe that this was written just to Jews, that it's not for me and you. But the Bible says that, and, and some people uh, take that literally, that, oh, no, James is not written to Gentiles. But doesn't the Bible say, please tell me if I'm wrong, doesn't the Bible say that the Gentile is grafted in to the Jew? Right, that there's no difference between Jew and Greek or Jew and Gentile, there's no difference? So wouldn't this exhortation be to us as God's people? It would, in fact. And uh, I believe that all of, God, all of God's word is, is good for instruction and correction and teaching and all those things that Paul tells Timothy that it's good for. So first he says, be patient. <laughs> wow. How long we've been waiting? Some of you are getting pretty wrinkly. I'm looking at some of my adult children. I'm going, you got wrinkles. <laughs> What's that say about me? I got this start and get this hangy down thing right here on your neck, this neck skin stuff. I'm just like, really? And you know, when you get older and you go outside and it's cold and then your nose starts running, it's involuntary. You can't stop it. You know, you can't just, no, it gets a hangy down thing kind of. I was outside the other day and my wife is constantly, wipe your nose. <laughs> well, pretty soon you just get used to it and you kind of like the hangy down thing going like. <laughs> I worked for an old cow man and I, I remember he was in his, in his 70s and we were working together and he drove, of course, and I got all the gates and loaded all the hay. But, uh, He'd get out there to try to help me, and, he'd, and I would look at him. I'm just, you know, being young and so arrogant. I'm thinking, dude, can't you feel that? That is so disgusting. <laughs> now I'm that guy. <laughs> but first, he says, be patient. It means to wait with expectation. Today. <laughs> How about today? Well, if it don't, it's not today, it could be tomorrow, right? To the, there's this, but don't, don't grow dull. Uh, don't, don't pull back from following the Lord. No, press in, right? Waiting uh, expectantly. It's, like, it's like, like those runners in the blocks right, waiting for the gun to go off. That's where we need to be. Uh, because man, what would it be like to be caught unaware unaware of the coming of the Lord. Remember when Jesus wept over Jerusalem before the crucifixion. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, had you only known this was your day of visitation, I would have rescued you. I would have gathered you like a hen gathers her chicks, but they didn't. They overlooked it. 
And so much of the church, especially in America, is overlooking it. They're not tuned in. They're not waiting with the expectation. Um, the Bible says, they who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. Right? You'll renew your strength because you'll get into God's word every day and get your soul satisfied and, and fed and, and rejuvenated. And he says, establish, right? Establish means to be patient, establish yourself, uh, means direct myself towards something, right? It's, it's, John talked about it. It's, it's about chasing after the Lord. And, and I'm, I'm glad these small groups have started because that is where you grow. If you're not growing in your walk with the Lord, get plugged into one of these ministries, right? Where you can ask questions, where you can kind of robe shoulders with people who've been there and done that. They know what it's like. And um, I remember over the years going to home Bible studies. Uh, my wife got saved at a home Bible study. And so um, you'll grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. That's an admonition from Peter. So it means to solid, to establish yourself means to solidly plant, which eliminates, get this, vacillation. <laughs> Toss to and fro, right? You're just, oh man, I was, I was at the bar last night, got drunk and ended up with some old girl. Now I feel guilty, but I know I need to come to church. <laughs> Can I encourage you? Don't go to the bar. Number two, first be patient, establish yourself ex with expectation. Secondly, don't grumble against fellow believers. Right? He says that. Don't, don't, don't grumble against one another, brethren, lest what? Lest you be condemned. <laughs> I, I've, uh, it's, it's been interesting. The church body in Idaho Falls, to watch the church body over the years, in Idaho Falls. There are some strange people in the church body in Idaho Falls. Some people, all they like to do is run around from church to church. Man, they'll come here. They'll go to Christ Community. They'll, they'll go to Calvary Baptist. They'll go out to Water Springs. And then they just talk. They talk about people. They'll talk about the leadership. And it's just like, shut up. Right? Quit yammering and blabbering and talking about people. They're your brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're going to talk to somebody about them, talk to the Lord about them. Okay? Pray for them. I need your prayers. I know Pastor Ty needs your prayers. Pastor Matt Magookan needs your prayers. We need your prayers. We don't need you talking about us because you don't have to look very deep to find flaws in all of us. Right? So just keep your mouth shut. Get in your closet. Gossip all you want to the Lord about them, right? But don't stir up other people's hearts towards other believers in, in the body. Don't do that. It's just ridiculous. It's just us, you guys. It is not us and them. The body of Christ is just us. And that's everybody in this town that loves Jesus, right? That's everybody in this town that loves Jesus. And so... We're to love one another, 
not grumble. And it is our bent, and we see it. When Peter, you remember Jesus kind of nails him on, his, on, on that morning when they're by the Sea of Galilee, and he asks him, Peter, do you love me? Right? My wife asked me that this morning. Honey, do you love me? Go water my chickens. <laughs> Peter, do you love me? Well, you know I love you, Lord. Go feed my sheep. And, and so God, or Jesus kind of lays it out. Peter, this was, he asked him three times, right? Why three times? Probably because Peter said he didn't know him three times. I don't know. He was just kind of covering that, the Lord was. And, and then he tells Peter how he's going to die. And then Peter looks at John and goes, yeah, but what about him? And you remember what Jesus said to him? I know he had to have had that look in his eye like, Peter, if I want him to stay here until I come back, what is that to you? I told you to follow me. God has a purpose in a lane for every person in this room. Do not try to get in someone else's lane, nor complain about their lane, right? Stay in your lane. God's got a ministry for everyone here. Everyone. And you just need to seek him and find out what that is. If you're going to grumble about somebody, grumble to the Lord about yourself. So our tendency is to complain and compare. And the Bible condemns both. In the Old Testament, when they complained against Moses and Aaron, what God did, he killed them. Be careful what you complain about. He killed him. Ground opened up. You know, Moses said, the Lord called me, right? And he's given me authority. Now, if God hasn't called me, if God hasn't called me, may something strange happen to you and your family. May the ground open up and swallow you. And in fact, it did. Dathan and Abiram and, and Korah, just the ground gobbled them up. And you, and you compare. Who are you comparing yourself? Please don't compare yourself to me. Right? If you're going to, any of us, our comparison is one person. We compare ourselves to Christ. Because when you compare yourself to me, you can think pretty highly of yourself. But when you compare yourself to Jesus, there is no comparison. Right? There is no comparison. So, don't complain. Don't compare, right? Romans tells us this, Romans 14, 4. Who are you to judge another servant? To his master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Who are we to say anything about somebody's servant? Now, obviously, for there's blatant sin and we, can, and we recognize it as sin, yes, we can call that sin. But ultimately, God's the judge. You and I don't condemn anybody to hell. God does. And so, don't grumble, right? Be grateful to the Lord for what he has, he has done. Be faithful with what God has called you to do. 1 Corinthians 4, 2, moreover, it is required in stewards that one be found faithful. Years ago, I heard this guy say, 
I think it was at a youth pastor's conference. Youth pastor's conference are, 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 are kind of unique because all the youth pastors are threatening to get fired, have been threatened to be fired. And, um, and this guy said, 90% of ministry is just showing up, right? 90% of ministry. As I look out across this crowd, I have seen people who have been showing up, I know in my life, the, the last 20 years. They just show up. Show up. God is going to, if you keep showing up, God is going to give you a, a lane that's going to be really clear for you to run in and to be a minister to a certain maybe people group. You know, I think of the guys with man time and, and what God's doing there and, 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 and the women getting together and the truth project. You go to those things and God will begin to open doors as you seek him, right? What's he say? Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, seek, and knock. And you keep doing it your whole life. And pretty soon, there'll be so many doors open, you don't know which one you're gonna, supposed to go through. It's, be, it's, it's required for a servant to show up. James finishes with verse nine there. Lest you be condemned, the judge is at the door. The Lord's pretty serious about this, right? He's pretty serious about his call on your life. How serious are you? Right? How serious are you about God's call on your life? That's why Jesus said, if anyone comes after me, he's got to lay his life down. That's the seriousness that he is looking for. And then thirdly, he tells us, follow the examples of the prophets. You know, those guys, all they could do was talk about Jesus coming. You and I, we get to look back and see what he did. Right? We're on the other side. And, and they, they projected the Messiah coming, but they never saw it. And yet they were faithful. They were faithful to that truth that Jesus was coming the first time. And then he finishes up there with Job, right? Where he says, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and, and merciful. God had a good end planned for Job. But how good was it? I don't know. You'd have to ask Job. And God, I think, uses Job here through James. This is the brother of Jesus. Uses Job because when you compare your life to Job, which that's okay. Is there any comparison? You know, here's Satan's prowling about. And the Lord goes, hey, dude, what's up? Have you thought about Job? No. <laughs> Oh, if Job could have seen that conversation, right? He'd go, no, please, shut up, don't say anything. But he lost everything. He lost his servants. He lost 10 kids. He was filled with boils. His wife told him to curse God and die. What's it say there? We count them blessed who endure. Endurance. Right? Paul said, you got to run this race with endurance. Expect it. Expect attacks. I've seen more families at odds in the last couple years than I have like my whole lifetime. What is up? 
right? Satan's having a heyday, just destroying families where, where people get sideways, kids get sideways with their parents and grandparents and won't talk to each other. And Really? Is it worth it? Just was with a friend this week, and he's got a family member that hasn't talked to him in five years, and it's like, really, anything in this life is materially is more important than a relationship? I don't think so. But Job endured. Sometimes all you can do is pray. Don't try to fix it. You just make a bigger mess. You remember how the book of Job ends. God replaces everything, double fold. Gives him the same amount of kids. And last of all, he says, listen, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't say, oh, I, I, I swear to God, or I, I promise I'll. Don't do that. Just say yes or no. Be simple. A simple yes or a simple no. Yes, I will. No, I can't or I won't. Real practical things here from the book of James. The second passage I wanted to read to you is here in 1 Peter chapter 3. If you have a Bible, turn there. We'll start in chapter 8. Excuse me, chapter 3, verse 8. <laughs> Just checking you. Nice. I like that right up. Hey, there ain't no chapter 8 in 1 Peter. That's like Revelation 44. Yeah. First <laughs> Peter chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Finally, here we are. We're in those final days before the Lord comes. All of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers. Be tenderhearted. Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it for the eye of the Lord are on the righteous. His ears are open to their prayers, but the face of the Lord is against those who do, do evil. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear, having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. This is the part of Christianity people don't like, right? But this is Peter exhorting the believers. Now, this guy knew. He knew his time was short. He knew he was about to die. And you remember the boldness with which he died. He was not willing to be crucified like Jesus. He said, oh, you can't, you can't kill me like you did him. Do something different. You better put me upside down. So they crucified Peter upside down. What'd they lose? Nothing. 
You have got nothing to lose by laying your life down for Christ. You got everything to gain. Everything to gain, right? First, he says, be of one mind. Be on the same page. Paul, Paul told him, he says, say the same thing. Make sure you're saying the same things. You believe the same things? You believe following Jesus is, should be preeminent, should be the, the number one thing in your life? Uh, that everyone should be thinking the same way. I remember when I worked for Rick over at Calvary Chapel um, for 16 years, we didn't talk much. We didn't have to talk much. Rick and I didn't. Because we thought the same way. Right? I dealt with a lot of things that, that he wouldn't have to because, because of his senior uh, pastor position. He's usually up to his armpits and alligators anyway. So had to run interference. But we didn't talk much. We didn't have to because we, we thought the same. We were both in the word and, and that the, the truth of God's word is what, what directed us. And that's what we should be doing. We should be saying the same things. Right, that we need to be compassionate. We need to listen to these instructions that we just heard from, from James. So be of one mind. Secondly, show compassion. Uh, the sister verse to this would be Romans 12, 15, which if you have friends and family, you can do this. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Right? Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. What is that? That's showing up. Right? That's just showing up. The friend I was with this weekend, he, he lost his 27-year-old son to fentanyl poisoning. And, um, and I remember just going and just, just weeping with him. I didn't have no words for him. Right? Just show up. Weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who, who, who rejoice. Show compassion. Be tender-hearted. means to love with your guts. Love with your guts. <laughs> I like that. That's pretty redneck, isn't it? Love them with your guts. <laughs> Full of mercy. It's our witness to the world, our love for each other. People need to see that, that, that love that we have one for another. John 13, 35, where Jesus said, By this all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Number three, we are called, in verse 9, to return blessing for evil. We're called to that. But I don't like that. I want bruise for bruise, tooth for tooth, eye for eye. Broken finger for broken finger. It's only fair. No, the Lord calls us to go above and beyond that. There in verse 9, where he says, Not returning evil for evil, but or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you were called to this, for this, that you may inherit a blessing. When you return good for evil... I'm telling you, you're storing up treasures in heaven, okay? When you do that, and it is hard. It is hard to turn the other cheek. It is hard to bow the knee to wickedness. Paul said, being reviled, we bless. Or cursed at, right? See a lot of cursing going on today, don't we? 
right? Cursing Israel, cursing Christians. There was a short video of, of a woman and her little baby being abused by the, the thugs there in, in Africa. Just absolutely heartbreaking. Number four, follow good. Follow good. And you do that by watching your mouth. We just talked about that, right? In the words of that great theologian, the father of Thumper, if you can't say something good, don't say nothing at all. You know, you got you to thump your foot while you're saying it. True story. Watch your mouth. Uh, you do it by watching what you say, by pursuing peace. And, and pray, it says there, because his ears are open, verse 12. God's ears are open to your prayers and mine. Now, there may be there may be a closing of his ears if you're not doing these things. If you're not following good. If you're not watching what you're saying. If you're not pursuing peace. The Bible says if, we, if you regard iniquity in your heart, God does not hear you. That is a scary verse to me. If I regard iniquity in my heart, God does not hear me. Do you got iniquity in your heart towards somebody? You better start taking them before the Lord and have him change your heart on their behalf. His ears are open to the righteous, it says there. So be of one mind, show love, return blessing for evil. Number four, follow good. Number five, if you suffer for righteousness, that's good. Really? Yeah, it is. That's what he says right there at the end, right? For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. If you suffer for doing evil, you got it coming, right? But for good, then you're being having a Christ likeness when he did not revile when they were driving the spikes through his hand and feet, but ended up praying for them. And, and the sixth point is in, in verse 15, where it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense for everyone, to everyone, who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. Can you articulate the gospel? If you can't, please go to one of these little groups and learn how. Because it is not rocket science, folks, right? It is important for you and I to be able to give an answer. I was, uh, I was with a family member this week, and I was, I was challenged. Because we were talking about the whole Israel-Palestinian thing. And this family member said, but you sound, you sound dumb when you just say, well, I'm for Israel, not Palestine. It just sounds dumb because you, you got to give a reason. And why is that reason? Why would we be for Israel and not be for Palestine? Well, obviously, the, the proof's in the pudding, right? The attacks were pretty hideous. Uh, 
But what about all the innocent people? And, and people, a lot of people are crying about that. But if you do not know God's word, if you don't know the Bible, then a lot of your arguments don't make, well, they're God's people. Well, people who don't know the Bible don't know that they're God's people, right? I mean, they should just by how blessed they are and how smart they are and how many bombs never make it to Israel, right? Hezbollah shot like 150 or something last night, and I think only two made it into, into Israel. They're terrible shots. But to give an answer, to get, be able to articulate the gospel, that mankind is sinful, that God, uh, you know, presented a sacrifice that was acceptable to him on your behalf, and that by his stripes we are healed. You can take him to Isaiah and other places. But we can, we can present the gospel. We can make an argument with the Palestinian-Israeli thing intelligible, right? You can do it intelligently. And that's what this family member was so bummed about. Is you just sound stupid if you don't give some kind of an answer. So I, I had to do a little digging, right? Palestine, Palestine, before 1948, everyone who lived in Palestine was called Palestinian. Most of them were Hebrews. Uh, Amir Sarfati posted a list of the soccer players on the 1940 football team. That would be soccer to us Americans, right? And they were all Jewish Hebrew names, all of them. And they were called the team of Palestine. They didn't call the Jews Palestinian after they became a nation. What'd they call them? Israel. That's what God called them. And so when people argue, say, well, the, the UN voted them to be a, a, a nation and they shouldn't have. Wait a minute. God did that. God did that. God established this country that you and I live in. God did that. The Bible says that he, he, he is the, the giver of all the authority of every nation on the earth. God is. But people that don't know that, they think you're crazy. And yet, people don't realize that God said that Palestine or Israel was his. Leviticus chapter 25, 23. The land shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. God said that. Whose land is that? It's God's. And over the centuries, God has allowed different people groups to be there. Whether it was the Babylonians or the Assyrians or the, the, the Greeks or the Romans or the Ottomans or, or when Britain took over in 1917. And he has allowed those people to be in there. And God saw, God saw fit to put Israel back in the land on May 14, 1948. And if you can't see that as a hand and a work of God, you're a fool. Because Daniel tells us that God rules in the affairs of men. Daniel 4.17. You remember, oh, Nebi, Nebuchadnezzar, who caused him to be a bull cow for a while. Seven years later, his understanding returns to me. And 
And Nebuchadnezzar, he says, the sentence is by the decree of the watchers, the decision by the word of the holy ones, to the end that the living may know, that the living may know, that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will and sets over it the lowest of men. Well, there's some pretty low dogs in power right now, right? Who does that? God does that. Our founders recognize that. Ben Franklin, he rose up in, in the, in the uh, meeting of Congress and said, the longer I live, the more convincing proof I see that God governs in the affairs of men. Does he not? He does. So when you make an argument, at least try to back it up with God's word. There is nothing more dangerous than a Christian who does not know what they're talking about. Right? And so, people ask, well, why Jesus? Why Jesus? Why not Allah? Why not Muhammad? Why not Joseph Smith? Why not? Well, that answer is pretty simple. Now those guys, all those guys are still in, in the grave, right? They're dust. Jesus is alive, right? He is alive, and he's coming, and boy, Michael just told me he's coming soon. It just makes me want to break into song. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king, right? We are. Right. So so giving a good, intelligible answer is, is, is intelligible answer is it's good. It's a great witness. But you got to do some work. You got to educate yourself. You got to dig into God's word. Put it in your heart. Read through it this year. Right. Be that witness. As we just go back to it, just 10 points, I just want to bring them back to your attention and we'll close. Be patient, don't grumble, follow example of those who went before us. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, no, no be no. Be of one mind, show compassion, God's love, trade bless, blessing for evil, follow good, be willing to suffer for good, and give a good answer. People are looking for answers today, folks. People are scared. This world is really, honestly, even those who are in the world realize it doesn't have a lot to offer. But we have the answer. So may our 2024 be spent telling the world the answer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you that you are, you're the answer. You're the love that we don't have. You're the life that we can't possess apart from you. Truly, you're the way, the truth, and the life. And so, Lord, I just pray this morning, that this afternoon, Lord, if there's someone here who hasn't yet received you, Lord, that they would just come to you. Lord, as the prayer team comes up, Lord, that Lord, they would uh, be moved by your Holy Spirit, saying in their hearts, I need this. Lord, I need you. And I need to know you in the power of your resurrection. Oh, what a power you've given to us who have put our faith and trust in you. Thank you for it, Lord. May we 
not use it frivolously, but may we use it to the glory of our King, Lord, who's coming very soon. Help us to be ready. In Jesus' holy name, amen.